And that's actually a good way to start, isn't it? You know, about talking about specialists doing specialist stuff. Yeah. You mm. know, because I suppose individually, we all each specialists in our own fields. And it's a, particularly in social, if I'm honest with you, we have a lot of specialists out there claiming yeah. to be socially um, talented, but they're just not they're at special. all. Yeah. They're just special. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really sort of ruining an industry, to be honest with you. Yeah, but there there is a place for people who like pick a niche and do really well at it. So recently, I can't even name drop him because I'm not I haven't got a good enough memory to remember his name. But a guy who's like CEO of email marketers or something. It was a, it was a, a marketing agency, and all they did was email marketing. So it's direct uh, marketing, but just email, and. Uh, he seems to have done really well. I mean, the agency is like 50 staff and a wow. few countries based in the, in the uh, started off in the UK. Uh, but the problem is, is that he gets up every morning and has to be passionate about email marketing like, and nothing else. So yeah. that, that that's the downside. Um, yeah. It's a, a fast numbers game. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know enough, enough about it. It is necessary. I mean, you probably, uh, Grant, you'll probably use that to remind your customers that you exist um, because it's also quite it's it's not like you're spending loads of money on outdoor advertising like it's like it's not like everybody's got the budget of Pepsi to remind people they exist so yeah this guy this guy's <laughs> Pete have you got the budget of Pepsi Grant can we can we well, steer towards how much budget you've got right at the beginning of a, of a podcast yeah, well, look at that one. You know, we just remove a few zeros. Um, but at least when we, when we walk into uh, to people came into KFC, they're not turning around. Say, Can I get a Coke? You mean a Pepsi? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's basically all Pepsi's uh, advertisement as, and branding has sort of created. Um, not worth yeah. it, is it? Uh, not really. <laughs> I'm sure what well, number two to Coke. But they're aware of it though. They recently did a campaign um, full of celebrities, as they usually do. Um, as they've been doing since Michael Jackson set his hair on fire. Yeah. Had. But they, they've recently done a, a massive ad spend. I think it was in time for the Super Bowl where people, celebrities um, were saying, um, we've got Pepsi, is that okay? And then the celebrity <laughs> would stand up and have a rant and go, of course it's okay, I love Pepsi. Huh? <laughs> and they, were, they were playing on the fact that, yeah, yeah. everybody says, oh, sorry. I think it's clever. Self-awareness for me is, is, is one of the cleverest way of marketing yourself yeah. your brand you know all that kind of stuff it is it, just completely accepting who you are and that's how you get on and yeah. you know and not having an ego pepsi not having an ego in that instance i think will yeah. do huge favors yeah you're right that 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 spans across everything so in sales i mean i've i spent a few years in sales just sales and you just if you're if you're aware of if you're humble and you're not like Billy Big Bollocks and you're just kind of in there going, I'm the man. And if you're just humble, but you've got a job to do, in the long run, that, that works out really well because people like people. People like yeah. And in same in social, like brands who act high and mighty, you know, if something goes wrong, they just press autobot response. We are sorry, yeah. we are trying to fix the problem. We are sorry, we are trying to fix the problem. People don't like that. If you if a brand acts like a person, like Wendy's on social, Wendy's we don't have Wendy's in the UK, do we? No, we don't. But is this connected to the Burger King situation? 
Well, Wendy's, yeah, Wendy's are uh, a rival to Burger King, but I don't know what's recently happened. They've probably had a go at each other because Burger King are mega active taking down McDonald's at the moment. But Wendy's on social are just like, they just act like a, a their, their persona is just like a piss-taking, have fun, like we're not taking ourselves too seriously, but yeah, we sell burgers. Sorry about that. And it works. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot yeah, of that. So. It's, it's for me it's community management you've got to have a decent community management team looking after that stuff because people are going to complain about you all day long they're going to complain yeah. about competitors all day long on on the social platform and we used yeah. to for one of our brands we we used to work with a like a major carpet company and we used to pick up on when somebody you know was complaining about carpet right or another leading brand uh, yeah. so i'm really sorry to be having that issue if you you know we just used to just pick up on all that kind of stuff and mock and take the mick out of ourselves and somebody else as well. And it went down really well. It, Carl yeah, Berger, yeah. they do a good job at it. Yeah. Uh, what was that one they've done recently? What did they turn around and say? Uh, they've replaced probably with, uh, not probably now, haven't they? Because they realised, I think the market stagnated in the UK to the point where they weren't probably the best. Yeah. And they were actually, their, their sales were decreasing. So they thought, we need to do something here. We need yeah. to sort of cheat up a little bit. So it was kind of accepting. KFC had the massive problem yeah. with the chicken. Um, yeah. They went on a campaign and they, they put something F, FCK. FCK, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was quite fell on the sword on that one. The story behind that, their advertising agency, which I believe is one of the uh, publicist arms, mm. um, were were adamant that this is the way to go to fall on your sword, to be humble, to, to basically say, look, fucked up, but you know we want to make it better. And the CEO of um, of KAC was she was basically saying no 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 it got stuck behind her back I think from reading between the lines and someone else basically agreed to do it so accidentally on purpose type thing was a massive hit and rather than actually being gracious about it and saying look it's a great hit but it wasn't my idea I was yeah. blah 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 she sort of accepted it was fully her idea no. someone else kind of went biatch oh, yeah. God. yeah yeah it won a few awards so that's probably why it won some big awards. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so she's probably that way inclined. Gets up in the morning to try and win awards. And, you know, and there are marketers like that. You know, I've had it before in in, in pitches or just before. Uh, you know, in a brief, uh, which is you know, we want to win awards. We want to win this particular award. Yeah. Just so you're just so you're aware of that when you go away for your for your um for your brainstorm. <laughs> okay, that's quite a specific award. <laughs> it's London's kind of like hooked on that. So London and Leeds particularly. Um, I used to work in London and Leeds a lot. And, and that was the sort of criteria for many brief. Mm. Yeah. I want you to go away and think of this as an award-winning piece. Okay. So even if it didn't, <laughs> it didn't, well, it didn't serve any part of the brief whatsoever, it was just that creative and, and, and imaginative. Just people loved it for that fact, you know, uh, yeah. but the reason why something like the KFC one really, really worked is because they fessed up. They completely yeah. owned it. And it will, it, and I think all they did was that, um, you know, the FCK, and it was just that in the middle of the, uh, with a, yeah. uh, I think with a gravy stain or something like that, if I remember it correctly. That was it. Yeah, it was just, it's just a poster ad campaign, uh, mm -hmm. that they did it with, and it, it worked a treat. But then obviously people went nuts on it, uh, on social. The reason why I know quite a bit about it is because it's quite uh, weird. But I'm putting together a creds deck at the moment, and this. Um, F oh, really? KC, FCK is one of the case studies. So it's like just looking through my notes, going, hey, Grant, has Grant been looking at my shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, has he brought that up? <laughs> no, but I mean, it's a, you know, it's an iconic, it's an iconic uh, response. It's like um, it's it, 
you know, when you, you mentioned, Rick, that you've got community teams um, and it all depends on how agile they are and if they know the tone, tone of voice, but it's also how to react in an emergency as well. Yeah. And a lot of the times to be reactive, to be really cool and reactive, if you've got a team, they know the tone of voice, they know the content pillars, they've seen something come along and there's an opportunity to create something off the back of it. If they're allowed to like be autonomous and just go for it and not have to call, you know, the awards obsessed CEO, yeah, and they can just go for it, and there's no time lag. Then that's when cool, cool stuff happens like that. And yeah. only when cool stuff happens like that. I mean, we we with the with the carpet brand particularly, we have to ask permission, and it we just failed massively at every step of the way. Uh, but there are some really good, interesting ones. Um, Pizza Hut UK when uh, Kanye West. Uh, admitted and I turned to Twitter to ask Mark Zuckerberg for $53 million because he was in debt, <laughs> strangely enough. <laughs> so, Guys, it, it worked, but Pizza Hut UK jumped out and he says, listen, Kay, if you're struggling, uh, we'll give you a job. Send us your CV. So they mocked up a CV and put oh, it out live God. and basically said, I'm sorry, uh, Kay, that uh, it, it's, it, I'm I'm afraid uh, that you uh, you failed. You can't have a job, uh, but never mind. There might be some other people out there for you. But they, they did that on a recruitment drive. Uh, and what they did was um, instead of um, replying to any Kanye West, uh, West's uh, tweets, they mentioned them inside a tweet. Obviously, by doing that, uh, very clever. It frames it nicely, yeah. Perfectly. And, yeah. It, and they reached all Kanye West audiences as well. So they got 20,000 retweets, 20,000 likes, and they had their most um, applied for roles ever than they've ever had. And they didn't have to pay no major recruitment they didn't have to pay Kanye for any of this no. rights either. They just Kanye's helped things. a lot of brands, a lot of um, fast food brands. Uh, the Burger King response, the most branded, the most tweet, retweeted branded tweet of all time is Burger King, when Kanye West, he said something about our... Um, I hate, I hate going to McDonald's when um, blah, blah, blah. And Burger King responded just with, uh, explains a lot. And that was it. <laughs> that was yeah, it. I did see that, that one. It, it almost that was it. bordered on cruelty to a certain extent. Because, I mean, I'm not a particular fan of his music. I respect the guy because obviously anybody can do that. Get some stick. I, I mean, like even she, I mean, his, his wife gets negative press, but some of the things that she actually does and, you know, she's helping people get out of prison and things. And, you know, whatever you yeah. think about the, the actual content that she's creating on the TV show. So I do yeah. sort of look at these things. I think it's opportunism. Mm-hmm. And if it's done yeah. in nature and it's done where you can actually say, right, well, there's an opportunity here that, yeah, I'm going to poke fun a little bit respectfully and then sort of piggyback on your massive amount of reach. But yeah. it, it, it's, it's a very fine line. It's nuanced where someone can sort of take it and then make them either look foolish or, or fail themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, spec service is a good one. I'll tell you that, I'll yeah, tell you that yeah. the other day. Um, yeah, they're good. There was a, 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 I think it was a, a restaurant in Manchester, and it was basically, allegedly, I, I, I think this was organic. I don't think this was was a, a, a sort of let's get together and, and create some some nonsense like Justin Bieber's done with, uh, with with Tom Cruise. But this restaurant had tweeted out to say like you know to the to the guy that or to the people that turned yesterday and ended up with a four thousand pound bottle of wine because one of their workers had, had basically dropped the ball a little bit and walked out with it for free. You know, yeah. mistakes happen, but carry on with it. And then <laughs> within five, ten minutes, spec servers have just put in there, well, you know our thoughts on this. <laughs> With some, yeah. go- some goggly eyes on yeah, it, didn't exactly. it? Yeah. You think yeah. someone's actually, like, you're talking about the community. They're scanning social media, particularly Twitter, in live and real time to go, that's an opportunity, that's an opportunity. And like you say, they've got the tone of the voice. 
They don't yeah. need all the autonomous. They don't need the the headshed to go. Yeah, I'm okay with that. They just run with. This it. is why I don't think Twitter will go anywhere. I know it's struggling at the minute. You got Facebook with two billion plus, Instagram over a billion users. Yeah. Um, uh, you've got uh, LinkedIn currently with nearly 700 million users. Twitter is below uh, 350. Yeah. You know, and but it is all we're talking about right now is not Facebook. It's not Insta. It's always Twitter. It is Twitter. Twitter makes the news. Yeah. I think the threat that it's got 280 characters now still 140 on some some devices you kind of have to have the economy of being able to be quick and biting and, and, and put it out there but this the problem i have with twitter is everybody's talking and very few people are listening mm. so as a platform it works if you can capitalize on a situation to push your brand messages well you know what our thoughts are on that i mean in our in our case if we saw someone basically <sighs> I can only imagine certain circumstances if someone dropped a bollock, like literally a, a, a wall fell down or a, a crane collapsed or something like that one, then we could sort of tentatively reach out to say, I wonder if this would have helped or maybe this would have <laughs> helped you that. Uh, yeah, you've got to be careful in case somebody... Exactly, because it can by, by the wall, go yeah. back to you and turn around and say, well, you opportunist wanker. And, yeah. and rightly so, because in our field, there's so many... There's so many companies out there. I mean, I was, I was looking at someone asked a question on LinkedIn saying, does anybody recommend any workwear brands? And I was looking down to see if anyone had recommended, two of ours had done it, obviously, but that's in-house. And everyone's recommending John's workwear, my workwear, Big Frank's workwear. I'm thinking, fuck are these people? I've never even heard of these. Mm. It's everybody just trying to cap, uh, capitalize on, on a certain scenario. I'm yeah. thinking their, their presence isn't widely known. The big, the big, big hitters, who one begins with A and one begins with G, um, they're out there and their branding isn't great. And I, I wonder if, if their brand is not particularly great because they don't need it, because they're turning over 300 million a year and they think if we're all right, we're cool, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm driving a Ferrari, who gives a fuck? Nobody's nobody's with our ass. Yeah, but they need to, like, the trouble is, and I, I did a workshop on this early on today, uh, talking about branding and perception. That is really the only thing that's going to take you forward, in well, my view, because if, for example, you know, Facebook is falling out of favour. Yeah? yeah, not there are a lot of brands coming off it publicly as well. Uh, and the only thing that's going to carry them uh, businesses forward is brand and brand perception. And it'll take them through to the next platform and the next thing and the next thing that comes out in another 10 years time. If, for example, like Woolies or Maplin, you forget all about brand and you assume that legacy will take you on, then you're going to fail. Well, complacency is the biggest killer yeah. of most brands whenever you start to get to that particular point. But I mean, if we're talking about Facebook, Facebook and Google, which obviously we're talking about YouTube, as potentially facing massive antitrust investigations with the DOJ in the States and obviously yeah. with PC. Now, uh, Google quietly, but not so quietly, they've been hi hiring the best and greatest minds in antitrust law in the, in the States for a few years now because they know it's coming. Or they suspect yeah. there's going to be like, well, wait a minute, you need to be uh, clarifying that. Facebook uh, thought they were diversifying their portfolio by buying Instagram and WhatsApp. However, WhatsApp and in well, Instagram is part of Facebook. People don't necessarily look at it. Facebook are hemorrhaging users because of the trust or the lack thereof. But they're also because Gen Z, the generation that are coming after the millennials, don't want to be on the same platform as the mum and dad. Mm. So it has an already an antiquated feel to it. And if they're not careful, they'll go down the same. They'll be the next MySpace. Um, you know, it's heading down that way. But if they're broken up. Zuckerberg, if he's still, he's still part of the board, he's either going to have to make a decision to stay with Facebook, move to uh, Instagram, or WhatsApp. WhatsApp's one that's going to start launching advertising in the next... I'm sure it's this year that they mentioned they're going to start launching advertising. Mm. On, on well, they've already got a business platform now. Yeah, they've already started that, yeah. 
Yes, well, I've seen some of that. Yeah, you can get them, uh, obviously, everything in real time. There's some uses to it, but mm. I don't know whether they're as protected as a as a as an entity because you still got text messages. I mean, I, I don't, uh, you know, for me, yeah. I don't know what all the fuss is about. If I'm honest with you, because I've been in this industry for, for like 12 years now. Mm. I, I, you know, I've been a creative for 22 Um but like, it just frustrates me. I don't think Facebook is going to go anywhere. I honestly don't. I think, I think, you know, I don't Facebook, think so either because I think still they've been on fire since it started. They've had issues since day one about privacy and this, that, and the other. And I just think it's going to be another. It's going to be just like radio or TV or it'll, it'll be here forever. As, See, that's uh, the hem they're hemorrhaging users, but only from a certain demographic. Because when all that, when he, um, Zuckerberg was in was in the dark in, in the states, basically schooling. The federal government on what the internet was and stuff which is kind of hilarious embarrassing, uh, wasn't it? it's really funny but it's it, uh, overall worldwide uh users of facebook continued to grow during that saga like worldwide mm. globally and so i don't think it's going anywhere either the other thing is zuckerberg's um you mentioned there grant like zuckerberg you know if he's still on the board the, the, the super weird thing about Zuckerberg is he's got 60% of the vote of, of whether he stays on the board or not. Yeah. So even if 40% of the rest of the shareholders and board say, oh, we, we want you out, he'll just, he's got 60% to say, no, I'm staying. And then he stays again. So yeah. I'm not sure. I'm sure it's not as simple. It won't be as simple as that. Cause if he's got four, if the other 40% are that annoyed with him, then he'd listen, but he's got a massive monopoly on, on what he's created being chairman and the CEO. Uh, and what he what he wants to do, what he's talking about doing is consolidating WhatsApp, Instagram and Facebook um, so they become even closer. And he's talking a lot about groups, about mm. moving everything yeah. to groups. Obviously, he's, he's talking from a consumer point of view and advertisers are like, well, how do we get, how do we get in front of consumers and groups? And he'll he'll make them aware of that because he's not going to lose out on on their cash. But no. in Brazil, where I am at the moment. It's all about WhatsApp. Forget about text. SMS. It's like you may as well be talking about a, a, a wind up, a wind up radio. It's all uh, WhatsApp. It's all recorded uh, messages. A lot of voice recorded messages is what people use in, in Brazil. A big user of WhatsApp. And if you can get into there, into that platform, into the groups where people spend a lot of time and they're actually really helpful again. You know, like, remember when your newsfeed was helpful on, on yes. Facebook? When it was actually like, oh, that's quite cool. That's quite interesting. Yeah, Not yeah. so much anymore. Just, just that's, that's actually happening. And um, there's only a few places where that's that's still happening. LinkedIn, to a certain extent, LinkedIn's going a little bit nuts at the moment. But uh, WhatsApp and Facebook groups are really useful. Like they yeah. actually enhance your life. Well, Facebook have announced that you can actually uh, pay for groups now. Okay. You can subscribe to groups. Um, ah, yeah, we're working with somebody at the minute who who has been given the right or the freedom is is an influencer he's got millions of followers yeah. a property influencer in the UK and they've approached him and said look you know you've got um a busy and active group community would your members pay five dollars and he's like well i'll give it a go so basically he's now uh, got a, a paid for group facebook uh, facilitating the money um it might be linked to a, a bank it might be linked to a, okay. a a paypal account and he's building a subscription mechanism uh, in a facebook group community that'd be interesting for the advertisers then because then they'll have to pay less well, it's, it's a double dip from in, in from facebook's perception this is a good thing because you're getting subscriptions 
And then obviously, then if you're advertising or trying to promote elements on that one, then mm. they have to pay a healthy. Mm. Well, you have a look at the amount of businesses now that want a subscription-based model. We operate a completely subscription-based model in terms of the services that we provide. Uh, you have to subscribe to the service. Ordinarily, it would be an invoice and you pay whatever it might be. But our services range from 50, 97 to 500 quid a month. Yeah. But it's all based on a subscription-based model mm -hmm. because it guarantees that you stability, which means guarantees, you know, well, the delivery of service. Be concerned at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think Facebook particularly are giving so many people like, you know, people that have external interests mm. that, that work nine to five generally, uh, but giving somebody an external interest because these groups, they don't have to be five dollars. They could be 30, 40, 50 or 100 dollars. Yeah, yeah. You tell Facebook how much you want to charge for this group. It'd have to be exclusive content as well, wouldn't it? It'd have to be. It's got to be a reason for paying to go into that group versus going on so for example there's a group here which has been so i'm based in rio at the moment and there's a group here which is foreigners in brazil or foreigners yeah. in rio and that group obviously you don't have to pay for you do have to be adjudicated like mm -hmm. check that you're not a bot and so it takes about half a day to say can i join then you then the administrator lets you in that's free and that's been really helpful for me in, in kind of relocating to this new place but uh for me to go to like you know foreigners in brazil plus and pay five AIs one quid um to go in what it'd need to be exceptional exclusive stuff be is that is, is that yeah it'd have to be better basically so that's it that so that's guys doing? yeah that's what that guy's trying to do or is attempting to do um you know trying to talk about um property um how to invest in property educating people through there answering questions so the group has a question or somebody has a question in the group they may send them a private message via the group or they may ask the group so it's a huge community when you imagine you've got twenty thousand group attendees as you could have very very easily all at a quid a piece or five pound a piece there is there's another component to this one which i've just thought do you know, have you, I don't know how much you've heard about the, the quote-unquote Article 13 and Article 11 that's going through the EU, about the content elements to it that are going to affect, obviously, Google and platforms like uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah, it's a bit of freedom of speech thing. Yeah, it's a bit... It's, well, it's, yeah, that is an element to it, but effectively, it's a very, it's, it's almost like a sledgehammer approach. Again, Zuckerberg, if he sat in front of the EU and started talking to the Muppets that vote yes for this, then these guys don't even know what the internet is. You know, it's, you know, they'll be sitting there on live TV typing in their security code to their security phone on live yeah. television, thinking, mm. how secure is that? Um, one of the <laughs> things that, that hasn't been widely discussed within it is the fact is that platforms, well, that's, that's the debate that's going on in the States at the moment. Are these platforms like Facebook, Google, and YouTube, are they platforms or are they publishers? Because they're making editorial decisions to remove certain people and, and so on and so forth. And it's, it's a gray area. I'm sure it's going to work out. But the yeah. EU simply have stepped in with this sledgehammer approach rather than a scalpel approach to basically make all uh, the, the internet providers like Facebook and, and YouTube and Google as basically as publishers. I think it's right. been orchestrated. I think this well, is has. the thing that pisses me off. Think about it now with groups. Now, if Facebook know that that's potentially coming down the pipe, and all yeah. of a sudden you you basically say, right, it's behind this paywall. So technically they aren't publishers as such, but you can't access that data and that information that's been shared on there unless you pay. They're already preempting that chance that they're going to be forced if they want to stay within the European Union, mm. um, certainly within the boundaries of that. That might be something they're looking at a protectionist level. I could be wrong. I mean, it's just one of the things I thought of because hmm. if, if it's all wide open, 
and groups, as long as there's a transaction, there's, there's uh, in contract law, what do they call it? Where, um, what do they call it now? It's uh, valuable consideration. Mm-hmm. So someone, someone exchanges money and they get something in return, that's essentially a binding contract. Mm-hmm. That, if, that, if there isn't any valuable consideration in there, you could argue, well, it's not really a contract, or it's not mm-hmm. really a, a but if it's a closed group, they, you're right, that that is a way around um, seeing what's coming with those articles that might be passed and that, you know, might the sledgehammer might come down. If, yeah. if they're concentrating on, on groups, which is what Zuckerberg said at the, the last Facebook conference, did, um, yeah. that's, that's a very clever way of, um, of getting very around cool. it, whether, whether he meant to do it or not. But um, I'm just thinking, BHI, do, uh, do BHI have... Uh, a group or would they think about doing a group because that would be perfect because it's kind of a specialist area yeah can have everyone I mean, there. We've, we've had brief obviously we've had brief conversations mm-hmm. about all kind of social aspects to it i think with with those i mean what we were talking about before we started recording you know when they were talking about brand and brand loyalty or the lack of loyalty loyal, loyal. yeah um i think if we if we created a group for existing customers yeah. i'm not certain that the demographic of the people that that we actually deal with on a day-to-day basis. You, you do get some decision makers like MDs on certain size companies, but they'll tend to be either a buyer, a purchasing or procurement, whether that would cross any boundaries. It's, it's worthwhile having a look at and, mm. and exploring, certainly. Um, but you know, do you want to be a group of two or three people that have a, a quick adoption to it? And what benefit, like you say, even if it's a free group, what benefit are they going to get? I think you're right in what you're saying. Yeah, you, you know, in a group, you have to forge community. You yeah. have to show up pretty much on a, not a daily basis, but a regular basis yeah. and add value. And not spam. Mm. Yeah, if, you, if you're posting everything that's out there as well. Uh, we've, been, we've experimented with groups, to be honest with you, and, and they can fill your timeline and newsfeed up like never before. Yeah, well, I joined that one that you joined that. that uh, I had to turn off the notifications because I was getting oh, hundreds of them. Oh. Yeah, I've I've just done the same thing. I don't know if it's the same one, but I subscribed because of my brother to rate my plate, um, which is on Facebook. Which if check it out if if you want to have a laugh. Rate my plate is basically people UK based saying right, I've just made uh, shepherd's pie for the missus. Go on, do your work, do your worst, and yeah. it's based on people slagging off other people's dinner. Yeah, yeah, uh, and and everyone knows. I might, there's probably like two percent that don't know the deal, but that's that's kind of the deal. Of, that's what's funny about it. That's what's entertaining. And people will purposely put really shit dinners on there. But then <laughs> the, the, the creativity of people describing what they're seeing, you know, it's just a massive yeah. like who can who can take the, the piss out of this dinner in the most creative way. But my, you know, it's funny. I'm glad my brother introduced it to me. It's had me, it's had me laughing out loud a lot. But my Facebook feed is all. Sausage, egg, and chips that look like yeah. a dog's dinner now. It's just yeah. non-stop. So I think, that's, I think that's one of the things that, that I think people are complaining about Facebook. I agree with you. I don't think it's going anywhere. And whether people use the messenger, whatever they're using it for, it, it'll be there because I don't think there's anything there to replace it. But then again, nobody saw Facebook coming really until it was there. And mm. Obviously, MySpace came in, then Facebook took it over and, and whatever else it's going to be. But getting back to, obviously, the groups that potentially BHI can do, the demographics that we tend to uh, use demographics as a, as a broad term because we can be speaking to someone that's 19 that's just being literally you're the youngest and it's being passed down the ladder you're going to order the ppe or it's done in a, in a prescribed manner such as a procurement department by someone that's got 15 letters after the name and, and they're great yeah. to connect with them on linkedin because there's a balance between the two because you get someone that's a buyer that literally is just focused on price 
they don't understand the value they don't understand the the cost implications of a, a quote-unquote low price because mm. they're not either experienced enough or no one's actually sat down and explaining to them and then the procurement mm. side of things want to have everything to the far end of a fart certifications guarantees uh blood samples all that kind of shit and testing and which is which is great if you can get with a company that understands the concept rather than just well it's good enough for my competitor therefore i must do it they actually understand the methodology behind it and then they want to get the best possible price for those type of products if we can get people and we know people of a certain age group that that i think a group would work mm-hmm. and have actually benefit them because i mean getting back to what we were talking about initially was Rather than us being on the social media and our, and our advertising communications about sort of chest beating, going, look at us, we're fucking awesome. Every company's going to say that. What company's going to go online and go, oh, yeah, well, uh, well, we do supply workwear, but we're a bit wank, actually. Yeah. We get most things wrong, and uh, we don't really give a fuck. Yeah. Nobody's going to do that. And by the way, you can swear on this podcast now. Just, uh, <laughs> you just think no, that. Yeah. No, nobody does that, but that's exactly why Carlsberg uh, took that stance. So when, when yes. Carlsberg decided to say actually we're not the best lager in the world anymore they read they they trawled through their social media and found some of the most horrendous tweets and posts from from consumers and retweeted them one was, i don't know exactly but one said i've just tasted carlsberg tastes like i've just dug up my dead gran and drunk the soil juice from her corpse or oh, something like that. It's like, what the fuck are you serious and it, and that's really bad. It's like that's that's pretty bad, man. And Carlsberg, the giant brewing entity, retweeted it as part of their, you know what, we're wrong, we're shit. I mean, they took it to, they really took it yeah, to yeah, town, yeah. which is why we're talking about it now. But yeah, you're right. Everybody says we're brilliant, but actually, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with Rick, which is like the brands that succeed, whether it's on social or not, but particularly on social. Uh, the brands that succeed are the ones that are just a bit honest and just say, yeah, we're, we're actually, we are going to shout about this. We are good at this, but no, actually, we're not that good at this and we'll admit it. And the ones that keep doing the old 1950s were the best march to our jingle. You know, yeah, yeah. they're just going to fade away. Like Woolies, yeah. like, I can't remember the other example was, but basically any retailer yeah. on the high street. Maplins. Oh, I used to love going around Maplins, man. No, but I used to love going to Maplins, you see. And the thing is that I used to love about going to Maplins is because they, they were geeks. Yeah. They were, they were people people wanted to work for Maplins. And and for me, they completely forgot what their value of the proposition was. And when you go into Maplins and you speak to somebody about a wire or a lead, this guy in there would take 20 minutes to explain to you exactly what it was and how powerful mm-hmm. it was. And for yeah. me, that was their value proposition. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The people inside, and they ought to, for me, make fame their staff, not the product, not the service, not the brand. Have this episode where, where it showed up, where where it had the the, the Maplin geeks all going at That's in. Really USP, uh, oh, what other company do you think of even now that they've gone that's, that's replaced that? The value value proposition was the experience of the staff, and the very fact yeah. that they absolutely loved the tech that they sold. <laughs> Yeah, they did. They loved the hard drive and how many ports it had and what, like, was it a solid? Yeah. You go in and buy a radio-controlled car, you'd come out with, like, a fucking radio-controlled jet or something. You would. Yeah, yeah, well, he told me this. He told me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it would add something to yeah, the experience. Yeah, but they were very typical in the broadcast, in all the marketing, print, uh, press, TV, radio. Oh, it was proper boring. It was so typical. It was, it was like you know, they, it was the easiest job in the world to do. It, well, this is the thing I was going to get to when, when I mean, like, just within conversations with, with I mean, ours is a family company, and, and and I'm sure you guys see this on a daily basis. 
marketing as a broad term that we're talking about, which covers everything from advertising, communications, everything, yeah. is the most important, least important job. Mm. Everybody thinks, uh, the, the problem is, it's, it's, it's not necessarily that people don't get it, although they don't. It's the poor execution that just clutters everything out there. So when you do get a feed like Facebook or whatever it's going to be, just full of shit, mm-hmm. it, it devalues everything. So, but in a good way, you'll get a, a situation where if you can actually tap into something that a mere culpa moment, which we're talking about with the KFC or we're talking about with um, Carlsberg, and if we cocked up, because, you know, with the best one in the world, we all make mistakes. But if we said, right, well, actually, this mistake that we made, and it was at a broadcastable level, this is the solution that we create out of it. So the, the silver lining is this will never happen again because of X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. That we can turn around and do a 180. We're not at that sort of level to get that kind of uh, reach, but we're aware of the concept that that happens. And we, we've got mm-hmm. processes within ours where we have these uh, review meetings every month, mm-hmm. which when I spoke to you about it initially, people think, what? You know, we, we, we went into customers. Initially, it's a bit like, well, you've not got this right, you've not got that right, or you, you don't get someone that's actually been honest with you. But the point of that is to say, right, well, we don't know what we're doing wrong if we don't know we're doing it. Yeah. So, so how we're doing sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. How we're doing, what we do better. And the way that we do that is we've gone from initially when we were starting off and when they were first introduced to maybe like five to six to sevens. And people were a bit, they weren't honest as much because they're like, well, I don't want to tell this guy his, his shit to his face because mm. they'll say it behind your back, but they won't necessarily see your face. But when they get more comfortable saying, well, actually you didn't do this right, or this was late, or you didn't tell me this, and I was expecting these on Monday, and they turned up on Wednesday, and I've had 40 staff that I haven't been able to wear that. Once that gets fed back into the processors and the operational side of things, that then becomes, systemic, well, it's, not, it's rolled out across the board. It allows us to then sort of say, okay, we cocked up there. Mm. I mean, it might, we're not at the stage yet where I think we can create a campaign out of that one to broadcast on there and say, look, look we didn't deliver these boots on time. Yeah. <laughs> let this guy down because he couldn't go out for a coffee but if if we have that as a as a mentality which we which is ingrained within our business that if we have that point where we do cock up and we've got a mere cock up we can actually step on that mm. and quickly say yeah we cocked up i think for smaller brands though on on social particularly this is why again I, I, you you you're going to expect me to say this but this is why i enjoy social so much coming from 22 years of licking and sticking pieces of paper together yeah turning it into press ad, black and white press ad at that point, to the introduction of the computer, then the introduction of the internet. I mean, we were sending stuff down. I don't know if you remember. You're probably too young. But the ISDN line, where you're sharing yeah. files across the ISDN, yeah. I yeah. knew, I kind of felt that it's got to come into the mainstream. And then it would call broadband, really. That's what they changed it to. I used you know, to do um, radio interviews, and they used the, the ISDN line to do the radio interviews on. So, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was it. You're right, yeah. Yeah, so it, it was all came into coming to the mainstream. But for smaller brands that don't have, you know, any oomph or any power, this is where it's genuinely, it. well, it's the capitalization of your community managers. Mm-hmm. You could be broadcasting all day long in this very noisy space with the smallest audience in the world, but a group of really good, clever, creative uh, community managers really pushing that content forward at one bloody outreach and one tweet and one tap on the shoulder at a time could do wonders for the business well, I mean, one mm. of the things that we're working on well we're working on now in the presentation mm. we, we've got um we've got a new start and, and she's fantastic i mean like she's really 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 responsive on linkedin and, and moving forward and everyone in our sales team i always say look if you want some content created whether it be video or even just an article or something let me know what it is and then we'll create it because it won't just be about for that one individual it'll be for the whole company and she went yeah yeah like everybody did Two days later, she's like, I've got this, I've got this event that I've got to go to. I've got to do a speech. 
and I need a presentation about BHI's USPs. Loved it. Mm. Sort of thought, right, well, what we're trying to achieve on this one, we're trying to help people understand who we are. And rather than doing the whole 1950s approach of saying, well, we're great, because that doesn't differentiate us from everybody else. We've now gone to a point of saying, look, it's, it's not just about us and our first impressions to you, our clients. It's about your first impressions to your clients and your potential clients. Mm. So if we can yeah. get you looking the part, and it's not just workwear and clothing and PPE, it's the van wraps, the vehicle wraps. It's it's actually daft as it sounds. The, one of the biggest companies out there have made mistakes recently with one of our clients where they printed a black logo on guess what color garment? No. A black. Yeah. yeah. And you could tell because it well, the garment was cotton or polycotton and the logo yeah. was black. Yeah. You know, if you're at a distance away, you don't look at it and go, oh, that's such and such a company. You're mm. just going to like, that's a guy just wearing a black polo shirt. And <laughs> like, but even when they're actually having a conversation with an account manager who's probably 18, 19, there's just been, again, unfortunately, because of his age or his last hired, yeah. he's been asked to deal with his company, phone up going, what the is going on here? Uh, well, it's, it's, I, 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 the order's right. Mm. Well, can you tell me where I ordered yellow garments and you've sent me black? No, oh, that can't be right. No, uh, said in but, but 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 it goes back to like what you said before. What is a brand first of all, and how do you put, how do you sort of clarify a brand? You know what what makes a brand important? What makes a brand what it is today? That that's that's the type of thing that I have to find myself answering all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, you particularly and in, in, in you as well. You know, everybody working within a business is brand ambassador for that business. Yeah. You know, yeah. Emma's doing a great job right this morning in yeah. time in being that brand ambassador, asking for these tools and these assets. And I think going back to the Maplin example, that's what they forgot. Those sales teams that were really geeky were the brand ambassadors. In in theory, they encapsulated everything that Maplin were all about, not just the grey and blue logo that were going out there. And I think that's what people assume. They get a logo, they worry about that too much. Yeah, um, a lot of people think it's all about the logo and the logo is the brand and you've got to get the colour right, which you do have to get right. But yeah, it's not just the logo. Great example with, with Maplin, that the people were the brand. Yeah, yes. you do have to get it right. And and we used to spend a lot of time when I, kind of when we were agency side before before the internet creating brand guidelines and making sure that the logo had to sit the the width of the eye from the top of yes. the base of the page and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And what a nightmare that used to be. I used to hate creating those things. But but people were like turned on by these huge brochures that had their logo represented in grey, black, white, pink, blue. But this yeah. is where you get to the nuance of it all. It, it, the, the amount of people, and I include myself in this, obviously everybody, you only learn from your mistakes or you become, or you get wisdom from making mistakes. A lot of people conflate situations or they reverse it in their head. They think that you need a great logo and then you build a brand off it. Well, yeah, but how often you create a great brand and then the logo is the, the cognition. Mm. It's that cognitive ping in someone's head that goes i recognize them i know them I, yeah th th there's equity there there's absolutely you, you can't get away from the visual impression no. the, the visual impression switches people on you know design is a beaut for me genuinely you know I, that's why i got into it 22 years ago probably more now i say 20 i've been saying 22 years for the past five years i think You're 70 now. 70 years <laughs> <laughs> 70 <laughs> years yeah <laughs> Look at that thing. I know, baby, baba. <laughs> but I, literally, it, I got into it because you know, I, I, I get, I often get excited by something that is visually beautiful, good, great typography. Mm -hmm. There's an art form to it, and I think that's what people forget now. You know, you can't forget about the importance of 
something being easily and simply consumed by the eye mm. first because that's what captures your attention mm. in the social broadcast uh, mm. but the beauty is now with the technology that we've got and social media platforms not only could you be sort of creatively attractive you could also be strategically clever and outreach at the same time yeah. so for me you've got double huge amount of power this is a question for you matt on this one mm. you, yeah do you, many clients i mean i find there's lots of clients that have a marketing company or they need yeah. a marketing company either in-house or external they've sort of almost divested or devolved uh, uh, power or authority or responsibility and accountability to those individuals but you know when you're going into to, to clients do you get the idea that they will give you free reign or do you kind of have to convince them that marketing is not just about having a great advert and then nothing that's sort of below that line do you know what I mean? There's yeah. like a mismatch between the, they'll spend a lot of money on like a, an advertising campaign on, on social media or, or even on TV and radio. And then they will quite happily let the guys that are going to be there, not only the lifeblood of their business, but how people interact with mm -hmm. on a, or even just when they were going down the street. I mean, I'm thinking of like construction companies. They'll spend this money on a massive and amazing website. The guys will be wearing shit clothes. And like, there's a mismatch. Yeah. It totally depends on the client. It's, there's so many like like people. People are all different, and people can be amazing and can be completely mental. Um, so it, it always, I, the, whenever I go and meet a client, it's always for the first time I haven't worked with them before. There's always a lot of bedding in and asking questions and understanding where they're coming from and understanding what their pain points are. And uh, I, I've had everything from, you know, we just want to sell more stuff, obviously, to uh, I want an award. Oh, my boss wants an award. Yeah. Uh, as, as, as in, these are the reasons why they want to engage in uh, a revamp of looking at their marketing strategy, or they want to do some campaigns. Right through to the craziest one, excuse me, was a, a, a large food brand that I worked with. And um, the reason their brief was um, there was a slogan that came from head office, and it had to have that slogan in it. And we went to them with with some options and they picked an option which would meant would have meant that nobody would have bought their product as a result of spending this money so i said if if you chose if you choose to go down this route you'll you will spend this money and you will sell naught product but if you go down this other route um it's more likely that you might sell some product it was basically based on doing something where people could once they'd seen the creative go and buy what they were watching mm -hmm. And they chose the option of selling Nort product because it meant that it ticked head office's box. Yeah. yeah. So it had it had head office would see that would say yes, it's got that slogan in it. How many products did it sell? I oh, should have you know tick the box, go away. Um, here's yeah. some more money to do another campaign next year. Yeah. So it completely depends on the team. And you know the word strategy, for example, means something to one. Um, brand manager or marketing director, it can mean something completely different to the next guy or, or girl that you go and meet. Um, so yeah, so it's not a straightforward answer. And also even like just discussing, like if, even if we just had this podcast and it was all about what is brand? Discuss, I was just about to ask you that question. Could, what is brand? Well, we could, we could talk view. about it. Well, we could talk about it for, 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 for years. I'm still deciding because it, it's never just, it's just this one thing because, You've got um, 
you've got people, key people like professors in this game, like Professor Byron Sharp and then Professor Mark Ritson, battling it out, talking about, you know, is is brand all about uh, purpose? Is brand all about um, the availability? Is it all about distinctiveness? And they're having a, they've had a, a, a big ding dong for ages about whether it's about differentiation or distinctiveness. Distinctiveness is being what uh, Sharp goes on about, which is you need a logo, you need a sonic logo, you need it to be distinct, you need to keep chucking that into people's brains. That's that's the most key element of brand. Uh, whereas um, Ritzman will say, well, yeah, that's right, but also what do you stand for? What are you, what changes are you making in, the, in your customers' lives that your other that your competitors aren't? How you differentiate yourself from the competitors? Mm. And um, I don't I, I agree with with both. I mean I, I'm not standing in one camp or the other. Um, but it's almost like you need I, both, though, isn't it? Yeah, you do. And thankfully, I read something because Mark Ritson creates a lot of uh, discussion because you know he he's uh, he knows his stuff. He knows he knows his stuff, but he's funny and he swears and he's, he makes it interesting. But something that I saw. Uh, he he wrote recently was because he bangs on about long-term marketing which is great in the real world lots of brand managers don't care about long-term marketing they just want a tactical idea that will make them famous yeah so they can they can move on up the ladder to the next brand to pepsico oh are you the guy that did that quake that thing where they chucked steven gerrard into a massive bowl of quaker oats yeah that was me <laughs> all right you're hired you're hired yeah yeah no strategy just a massive crazy tactic so he talks about going back to Mark Rickson, he talks a lot about long-term marketing, which is correct, it's right. But I recently saw it, it did an article where it was, you've got to do both. You've got to do long-term marketing and short-term marketing together, and that's the win. And uh, and that's what I that's what I believe. That's what I've seen. Not just reading about that, that's what I believe through through the work that I've done. Mm. Com- combining both. I mean, I love doing the short-term things because they're crazy and you know, you don't have to measure them. We just did something mental. It was great. Let's go. Let's go to the pub. But if you can do that and connect it to the long-term vision, which is harder, that's when you get proper results. Because it creates awareness and being like that memorable brand, doesn't it? You know, in the instance, which gets that logo in the face of other people. People see it. They recognize it. They recognize it for that particular reason. Uh, yeah. And it often helps. It helps. Well, look out. Look at um, Specsavers know what a brand is. So you mentioned uh, that uh, restaurant, which was Hawksmoor in, in Manchester. Yes. Whether you're ultra cynical or not, did they create the fact that the customer had that 4,000 bottle of wine or not? Whether they did or not, they put it out there and Specsavers, they didn't even say the slogan. They just said, you know what our thoughts are. And that's, that is, they can do that successfully because they've spent so much time and money on their brand for years, sticking to should have gone to Specsavers, should have gone yes. to Specsavers, should have gone to Specsavers. It's the point now where it's like, you know, That's I it. thought. And it's, <laughs> well, yeah. That's it, all that to it, say. It, it, the, yeah. is, the, the resonance with it. I mean, that, that I was just thinking there, the cynical part, or maybe the the other side of my brain just was thinking, just imagine being in a situation where you say head of social for, for um, Specsavers, and you're like, I really fancy a fucking good meal tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Have, you're getting super cynical here, but yeah, yeah. Go on. No, I know, I know where you're going, but come on, go on. But maybe go it's my there. Case, I wonder if, when I be in this position, what would I do? Because I've been lying for 10 minutes and saying, no, 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 I'd, I'd be completely ethical now. I would never do that. I'd be like, you know what? After a couple of whiskeys or something, I might turn around and go, 
I can do you a favor. Yeah, let me show you. And then say, I'll get you more results. And all you need to do is give me that most expensive bottle of wine. Obviously, the guy's going to believe you. But it, do you know something? It's not something that doesn't not happen. There yeah. are agencies out there that have been built off the back of that. You know, Social Chain, yeah. for example, they're one of those people that have. Um, student problems and you know all these other kind of uh, social media platforms and they reckon oh we claim we can get anything trending on twitter in in 30 minutes yeah of course you can because you've orchestrated it so you know all you're going to use is the specific hashtags that your bot or whatever it might is and they just uh, again they sort of game it to make it trend and they, I, I, you know i've got a real problem with you guys sometimes to be fair because they they orchestrate an awful lot cheapens the the sort of experience, the cynicism, and most people see that and go, I've seen that before, or it just doesn't seem to have the same resonance to it. Well, why I think that cynicism, I'm laughing at it, but, um, it, you know, of course it's it's possible. And it reminds me of um, someone, a supplier I used to work with years ago <coughs> who was in the production uh, industry. Um, he was saying how one of his, as either his relatives or his friends, they'd opened a new um, cafe or restaurant. Um, and to get PR results off the back of it, back of it, they they got an old book and they tore it up and they stained it with tea, like a recipe a recipe book, and then pretended, told the news that they found this old recipe book under the foundations when they were renovating the cafe. So oh, look at all these old recipes we found from the previous owner. God knows how old it is, and it got you know local press yeah. uh, for that cafe, and it was a total it was a total lie and. So that's it on a small scale, pre-social. So, you know, humans are going to human. Uh, so it is possible. I'd well, like to you're saying, I helped to decorate a, a nightclub in, in Doncaster okay. Town Centre. It was an old church. And we, we claimed to found an old crypt. Uh, and, and then we claimed that when we opened it, that we had all sorts of hauntings going off. And we got the TV came round, the local press was there. And they all did run lots of stories, and it uh, it worked. I mean, that's... Loads of people went to the club, right? It, it created a bit of hype around the club, I'm sure. Yeah. That's what you're talking about, the short-term visceral spike. It's being able to put that into something that's sustainable or um, renewable, mm. I suppose. And you can only sort of that trick once, but you only need it once, don't you? Because once people have gone and they've had a good time, we'll go back the next time. It's, it's Nightclubs will stay open for six months until the next one opens. It's not bad for a launch. Actually, which, speaking of local like, nightclubs, local to where you guys are, do you remember, uh, and ways of getting people in, do you remember a nightclub at the old Rotherham United ground called Trevally's? Oh, Trevally's? yeah, I've been there once. It was, <laughs> it was, I don't know how ethical or how, how, how it would uh, survive in 2019 because it was free for, for women and 15 yeah, quid to yeah. get in or you could drink for men. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hilarious. You can smell of poppers as well. Oh, the, the one they, when they're pumping poppers through the, the, the air conditioning as well. I remember what? 18 or 19. <laughs> typical 18, well, not that anything's different now because I, I, I can't drink beer for that, not that much anyway. But I think I had three, four pints and I'd had enough. Mm. And I couldn't. <laughs> Sat outside for an extra three or four hours waiting for the bus to pick us back up. I think it was one of the one of the old, old days as well. It was open until silly o'clock yeah. in the morning. It was, was yeah. It? Yeah, but you're right. No, I, I remember going when, when I was really young. No, no, I just think that was an interesting marketing. I don't, not marketing. It's kind of like a sales strategy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, not Doncaster Rotherham nightclubs. 
<laughs> well, I've only I've got like sort of PTSD from that particular night. <laughs> I got a slap as well. I can't really remember it that much. I remember my mate picking me up because I was wearing his shirt, and he, he was having a go at me because I was wearing his shirt. And I was outside. I think I was actually squatting. You were, you know, if you squat for a while, your legs are, your legs are dead. Yeah. Your knees are fucked. And I'm sort of trying to like crawl into the minibus, and the, the driver's looking at me going. You're not fucking getting it. You're not getting it. You're going to throw up everywhere and you look like a complete mess. <laughs> oh, get me home. <laughs> and I was at that point, getting the taxi was just, even though it probably cost like 15, 20 quid. I can remember at that age, uh, society segue, and we'll get back on the topic this uh, But you know, you'd be getting like a taxi. Because when we're in Leeds, you know, you'd, uh, whatever, uh, uh, Merrion Centre. Remember Merrion yeah. Centre? Catch the yeah. taxi back there to go back to Headingley. How much for a taxi back to Headingley? Eight quid. I'll give you seven. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, back in I'll go with. I, I paid a kid 15 quid because it was like wet, cold, yeah. miserable. No, no, I'm, I'm not paying 8 quid. I'll pay 7. Like, oh, <laughs> True salesman. There you go. Through and through, yeah. Negotiator. Negotiator. Yeah. But I mean, getting back onto what we're talking about, like sort of um, an issue where if we're talking about our competitors, and I don't know what's going on in the inner workings, I can only sort of take a, a measure on what happens on their social campaigns, but they all seem to concentrate on. Uh, I mean, I saw one the other day from one of the biggest online suppliers was advertising um, festival T-shirts. Yeah. Not book purchase, like ones and twos. So obviously aimed at the 18, 19-year-old that wants to go out and get whatever he wants to get on. Um, 10% of T-shirts. I'm thinking, I, I don't get that. Who would you target audience for that? They might have lots of 18-year-olds clicking on it, but for me, it's like, what, 10%? It's- it's hard, isn't it? You know, you're talking workwear here, are you? Well, it's a workwear company. But they do through through the loom kind of throwaway yeah, t-shirts. Yeah, which we can do as well. But the, I mean, their their social campaign, and I think well, the last one I saw of them, they'd actually promoted this, so they paid money to offer ten percent off a t-shirt, not buy five and get ten percent off, or buy ten and get ten percent off, buy buy summer or festival t-shirts. Now let's assume that they're paying a tenner for a t-shirt, which is ridiculous for a, for a workwear t-shirt. Yeah. Is that they're saving a pound? No, who saves a pound? But that's a, that that company's losing, and what what they're trying to because this is another concern with us. If if we we had a conversation with um, a magazine um, within the construction industry, and they were, unfortunately they were asking for too much money, there wasn't much return on investment. It wasn't really sort of feasible for us. But they went into uh, technical colleges mm-hmm. in the local area, and we're talking most of Yorkshire. And if we advertised editorials and advertorials within their magazine. That they were talking about once people buy into the workwear brand at an early age, when they're at school and college, they tend to stay quite loyal to it unless they sort of someone shows them something better. Yeah. So it made sense to a point. But then they want a ten grand for a year, and you're like, who's going to pay you ten grand to advertise for fucking workwear to eighteen year olds? Yeah. How many? Uh, how many... No one. Exactly. No. But but that's that's on their toes. But it was a bit like I, I didn't mind the idea because if you can actually say well. We, we, we spoke to Rotherham College, uh, I forget which branch it was, or for, for what site it was. We'd sponsor their their wall to have our logo in it and stuff. And they'd have a draw for like the best student or something would get full kit out head to toe. Yeah. And nothing ever really came of it. We never really followed it up. But the, the idea was, this is where the, the problem with our company, or the, the, not a problem, the situation in our company, because we don't produce our own garments that are branded as BHI garments, we can but we don't at the moment because, again, elasticity and all that kind of stuff and, and demand and supply. But if we if we gave them a regatta uh, jacket and maybe Snickers trousers or something, they might be loyal to those companies or those brands, yeah. but not necessarily loyal to us as a to supplier. You. So yeah. it's like, well, what are we trying to achieve here? 
But I, I, if I'd have put a bit more thought in it, we'd have known you at the time. We could have said, look, that's, this is a PR stunt at this point. Mm. You know, create something that's a bit. I mean, th- again, the cynical part of my brain now goes, who do I know that's doing something that we can accidentally on purpose? And obviously, this is my alibi now because we'll edit this out. Yeah. Um, create some kind of marketing. Yeah, yeah. You grill the marketing because it's 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 something that I'm interested in. But again, if it does fly in our values as, as as a point of what we're trying to achieve here. With that said, I mean, what is your favourite type of marketing then, as the marketing expert in the room? What's my favourite type of marketing? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, if I was going to put my professional hat on, it's like it would be something that is uh, presented to the right audience at the right time in the right place uh it would be where the my my i would have done my uh the right my favorite type of marketing is that we did the insights we've done a lot of research we understand our audience and we developed a strategy from that and from that strategy we then did activations that tie up to it so taking my weird kind of professional voice off again that that's the best kind of marketing the best kind of marketing is uh going beyond desk research doing some proper quality qualitative as well as quantitative research, understanding who you are as a brand, what, what, what you represent, what your competitors are doing, having a look at the the state of the world, being curious about the world, having a look at the audience, and then piecing that all together into something where you can provide something at the right time to the right audience, the right place. Um, that That's like the textbook. It's hard to do in real life, but if it happens and then you get results and you've done the whole process, that's awesome marketing. It, I, I do like to be, a, a lot of my strategies and a lot of my work tends to be within the digital and social sphere, but it doesn't mean, you know, but I've got experience outside in broadcasting, print and stuff. So, yeah, just, just doing stuff, you know, I like I like campaigns that, are, you know, digital outdoors really different and really fun now and doing loads of cool stuff. Um, so if, if, you, if you dig down and that example, so the British Airways example where the little boy points yeah, yeah, that, the yeah. flight, as it, yeah, as it yeah. flies over that that's great that's an activation so hopefully that's part of a bigger strategy that you know is so ingrained and so long term i'm not aware of it but all the little activations when british airways pop up they show me stuff that you know creates an emotion i like it i remember them for a bit and the next time they do it it's linked into that long-term strategy hopefully that's the case but if i dig down into like the the child within the kind of the Matt Webster, who doesn't give a shit about being professional, just wants to say what's fun. What's really fun is is when you create uh, you know, brand activation, stuff that actually, you know, stunts. I'm always really jealous, uh, jealous of um, Taylor Herring. Taylor Herring PR, all they do is stunts. Yeah. Uh, and they get shitloads of awards and they have a right good laugh. And I'm sure oh. I'm sure they tie up to strategies, but I'm not so sure, you know. A perfect oh, example. I just about to say the same thing. Stunts are great. Taylor I saying to you, yeah, you, you could try and form some kind of jackass-esque show every single week whereby you're throwing some ball at somebody's hard at to see if it, it doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? But there you go. See, so Will It Blend was like that. If you ever watch Will It Blend, it was uh, by Blendtec. So Blendtec is a, is a type of blender. There's shitloads of other blenders around. This this. Blendtec arrived late, you know, we've had uh, Magimix and Bosch have been around in the mix for ages, <laughs> but then Blendtec come along and it's just a guy in a white suit and the first, have a look at it on YouTube, but the first thing that he does is he goes, uh, iPhone, 
Will it blend? Puts it in, turns it on, blends it to dust. You're like, what? Tune in next week, and then he does the golf balls, and then he, so he's just blending all this stuff. Uh, and you're like, what? And then it, then they took it further, and it was it got millions of hits, and then they were like, you tell us, what should we blend next? And then people are like, oh, try a golf club, and it, it's just nonsense. But it was it was uh, stunts, but they weren't one-offs. They were connected together. Yeah, so yeah, actually, yeah. you can then get away with it being a strategy because people are engaged for long term. So yeah, if you did that. Um, Rick's suggestion, Grant, don't do it as a one-off. You know, if you're going to do a stunt, make it continuously. People That's what we say in our workshops. What is your thing? Identify your thing and, and turn it into a show, a program of events that you do every single week. So it becomes your thing and you own it. So anybody mm-hmm. else wants to adopt it afterwards, they're just copying, they copy copycats. Yeah, you came first. Yeah. Like so, the slow-mo guys. The slow-mo guys. Yeah. Everyone does yeah. slow motion, but they decided two lads to get a slow motion camera invest in it and then back garden film themselves jumping on uh you know what, what's water, the, balloons. The water balloon yeah an ultra slow-mo you know and yeah. then they own they own slow-mo on on youtube as a result slow-mo guys brilliant so, so easy. i just think your audience full of like brawling blokes watching um you know on-site tv or on-site youtube channels yeah. You know, some kind of thing that makes them laugh, thinking, oh, fucking hell, that's going to hurt. You know what I mean? And you're dropping mm-hmm. a, I don't know, a melon on top of Dave's head uh, who's wearing an Ardat. Keep raising the lawsuits on that one. Uh, you have to find some. Well, actually, that's a great idea. I think I like brainstorming in a, in a podcast here. But if you went on site and just put um, a dummy and put a hard hat on it and then got the lads to go up higher and higher up a, up a building, dropping a watermelon on it, just to see what the height was that it broke the hard hat. And then, you know, you edit it down, you ask people what height do you think it'll break the hard hat? I mean, yeah. I'd actually, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would, wouldn't you? Just out of sheer curiosity. You, throw, you see people throw watermelons and balloons off of, um, is it uh, dams and things like that to find out what uh, yeah, what I've the trajectory is. The f- them, they? Yeah. They um... And you sit there, I'm thinking, oh, okay, what's next? Yeah, and the, the, <laughs> then it's a golf ball, then it's a, you know what I mean? Blue. And it, the HI logo just pops up at the end, supplying all your work needs or something like that. At first, you'd be like, yeah, whatever. And then after you've watched a few of them, you're like, have you seen those BHI videos? They're mental. Where that blo- have you seen that one where that watermelon? Yeah. Um, yeah. There you go. I mean, we had, we had the idea a while back. I mean, this is years ago um, of, <laughs> of doing like kind of stunts, but obviously on a smaller scale like that one. Not, not as funny as such, but as a starting point. Getting uh, Martin in our office, he's, he's, a young, he's not even young anymore, fucking hell, that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> he's, he's in his 30s now. Uh, but getting him in a waterproof jacket just to see how waterproof it was and then sort of like, you know, stand out in the rain and say, are you getting wet yet? Are you getting wet yet? And then one of the guys sitting behind him with like a fireman's hose yeah. and then just turning it on. And knocking him over. Him wearing like a kind of a light blue shirt you can yeah, see yeah, yeah. water on and just soaking him and just filming him just getting rinsed to death. Obviously, we have to be told that it's going to happen, or maybe not. I don't know. I get away with it. And then take it off. And then go, ah, oh, shit, it's not waterproof, then, is it? But it wasn't about the fact that it was waterproof. It was just the, the gimmick of saying, but Grant's got this stat line as well about make it count. You know what yeah. I mean? So I just think it could all work well if you're dropping a, a, a watermelon on from 400 foot and it still doesn't break. Yeah. Make it count kind of fits with that kind of strategy. Or if you're wetting somebody with a, a fireman's hose, 
it, yeah. it just fits, you know, and I just think you're right. I think people will watch it. I think it'll be funny. It's on point with the audience because whilst they're having a cup of tea in the snap wagon or whatever, they're all in YouTube. I bet your competitors aren't doing it. And also, if you do it right, um, the the older crew who, who uh, make the big decisions who aren't on the social channels, if you do it right, somebody's going to watch it on the phone and show it to them. Hey, have you seen, hey, granddad, have you seen this? Oh, that's quite funny. Who's that? BHI. Yeah, mm. oh. yeah, so I mean, you have to, that has to be really good content for it to actually pass from, you know, that's word of mouth from the phone. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about obviously LinkedIn, you've got a professional, otherwise, I don't know if it was you that commented or someone else commented, it's like, I'm sick of seeing this. This, is, this isn't Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> yeah, 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 LinkedIn social. And it is, but I, I think you could almost get away with that on LinkedIn. Potentially. I, mean, sure I think you could. Yeah. I think you could. It's the, only, it's, it's the last bastion of organic reach at the moment. The only place you're going to get organic reach and fairly decent organic reach is, is LinkedIn. And actually, LinkedIn suits, a B, you know, really, really suits B2B, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, we've, dis- we've, we've discussed, you know, that's, that's, that's what you are. And if you try to go B2C, you're going to be, I don't know, you're, it's really going to stretch your, your budget for a return. So B2C. you could... But the idea of B2C, but actually applying it to B2B is probably a better way, uh, uh, you know, the creative thinking about it and yeah. then applying it across the board. Yeah, but not necessarily. Yes. Yeah, Just I don't behave to... like a B2C, but put yeah. it in in, uh, in places where it's a bit more B2B. But LinkedIn is is becoming less and less professional. And uh, and also, I don't know how much longer the... When I say that, I say that in a good way, because yeah. uh, people are putting interesting uh, content on there, which makes you go, ooh, which is not really that anything to do with their job. Obviously there's a downside because other people are putting pictures of the favorite ducks on their local pond and stuff, which yeah. doesn't really work out. But, but I think, uh, I'm not sure how, how much longer the organic reach is gonna stay there. And I would, I would say to you and anyone to, that, that's got the time and the inclination to start putting the content out on LinkedIn. Capitalize, um, I reckon you've got yeah, nine months to do. Yeah. You don't have to put any money behind it yet. You don't have to put any money behind the content, just make it and put it out. But I don't know how much longer and the that's beauty is, as far as SEM is concerned, like search engine marketing, you're able, you're still able really to share a YouTube link on LinkedIn without the algorithm affecting it. Facebook don't like YouTube links. No. So if you're getting people viewing that on LinkedIn, the viewership yeah. goes up, the search engine marketing power that you're going to get because the description house, the business name, the uh, the web address as well. So the the the, the, the power as a result is quite quite impressive. That's something we can look at. You're going to be busy. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, that's that, that's the thing. It'll be a case of then I'll go back to the head shed and they'll be like, "How much are you going to cost?" Yeah. It'll probably cost like, oh, a couple of hundred quid in, in product. Fuck off. Yeah, I know. No, no, not that bad, but it could be. Uh, well, we've talked about it before, haven't we? We've just not really sort of put it. Mean, we have spoke about it before. I, I just think some kind of like, uh, if, if it was a proper tongue-in-cheek and it was the same characters every week, hmm. every single week it was the same characters and you set each other challenges every single week or every single month, the, there is a challenge that says, right, to see if we can break this hard out, to see if we can cut the toes off this toe, steel toe cap. Yeah, so product. yeah. Uh, and then you... Just ruin it to destruction. Find ways to break it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Besides, then once you start getting really, really good at it, um, you know, you've got people like. Do you remember the original Dragon's Den before it got insanely boring? And yeah, uh, you remember when you had Theopathetus there? Hmm. Yeah, it, one of his 
one of his things, wasn't it, was that whenever a product came on, that's on right, show, he would always grab it and try and break it. Yeah, you know, imagine if you had a guest appearance from Theo Pafitas trying to break one of your hard hats. Be hilarious. Yeah, Theo, can you just? Uh, yeah, don't worry, we'll, we'll cut it. We'll we'll take you out. And we'll, we'll replace you with a dummy. These people are so. You'd be surprised how approachable these people are, though. You know, like with this, because of these social channels now, you can get to anybody. You can ask yeah. them a question and bypass any gatekeeper, any telephone conversation by going straight direct on a, a direct message on Twitter or a direct message on Insta easily. <laughs> oh, man, there's another idea. So uh, you won't be, <laughs> be able to do this with Theo because you, you would ask for money. But, you know, like um, on social, unboxing is really popular. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you could get some people together who are famous for like wrecking stuff and then they just film themselves unboxing your your equipment and then just trying to wreck it. And that, that's it. That's the, that's the video. That's the content. And it's yeah. a different person, a different person each time um, that unboxes it and says, all oh, right. And then you've got a little note from BHI, do your worst. And they've got like <laughs> 30 seconds to try and rip the shirt or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, like, there's loads of right yeah, yeah. Or a tug of war or something in, in the shirt. Well, we took a war made out of shirts. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is literally turning into a brainstorm for VHS. Gold, isn't it? For VHS. <laughs> well, I mean, like, we're, we're not averse to it. I mean, I keep going back to it. I mean, if we look at our competitors, like with you, we, you know, we, if we move first on this, we might be the first adopters. But the people out there that have got the the money or the reach behind it, they might just go, "Well, why aren't you doing something like that?" You know, we will have to act first and create something that's. Consistency is the yeah, key. Yeah, but it's ours. Yeah, it's synonymous with our our name and our brand and our values and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's so there's nothing thing. wrong with paying for some adverts as well. So if if you're if if people are doing keyword searches, let's say for example for uh, PPI and workwear, mm. and you all of a sudden start advertising your videos for the first five seconds, first thirty seconds of any YouTube advert is free. Yeah, you're not going to like this. Turn off. You know, yeah, exactly. It's absolutely free. So for the first five seconds, you, you can just be like, right, let's see how much it's gonna, uh, how high we're gonna drop this to, to break uh, this R dat, uh, and that's just taking five seconds to even say. And, mm -hmm. and you might say something that's gonna keep people on to listen to that video. Bear in mind, they've done a keyword search for workwear or hard hats or something like that, and you've appeared uh, just in front of the Britney Spears video in a five-second <laughs> essay. You know what I mean? I understand you're looking for a hard hat. Let's see how hard this hat really is. Yeah. Boom. I'm going to mm -hmm. drop this onto this from 400 feet up Could here. Potentially go to some of the brands because the manufacturers will sponsor it. Yeah. Unless we, we well, would, uh, did they really want to see their products breaking? Yeah. Well, they believe in their products. It doesn't matter. They've, mm -hmm. they've got a good product. It doesn't matter. Interesting. Sell it to them. Sell it. You've got a social team on it. We've been brainstorming. We're going to create the the, the workwear's answer to um, Jackass. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Uh, uh, oh, just hey. just watch watch um watch will it blend because that's a better example to send them because I, I I think I'm one of the people that thinks Jackass is hilarious, but uh, my wife thinks it's the least funny thing in the world and i've got a few mates of the same it's like i think it's like you know it's marmite jackass but it i is, can't yeah. help i can't help but laugh at it um i don't know what that says about me but it says I'm a bit, i like I'm a bit it of, i'm a bit of a kid okay. jackass i, I, I watched that a kid, documentary that was good as well was yeah on netflix but some people are gonna uh, aren't gonna take jackass as soon as you mention it they're just gonna say that that can stay as far away from my brand as possible so try and find i would i would use will it blend 
out or something mm. like that, where there's actual results and they Agreed. are doing crazy, they're doing crazy stuff with a blender um, and there's proper results behind it. I agree.